The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. I'm Hank Hill, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Damn it, Bobby. Hand me the dice. Hello, this is Mighty Spaceboat, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast with my clothes on. Yeah. man. This is Protocol Droid HK-13. From announcement, my master states that all the main feedbacks listen to the Order 66 podcast. Clarification, I am not a feedback, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Captain Theros, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. I am far too busy getting it on. Hello there, Gamer Nation. I'm Jedi Forest, and my mama told me never listen to the Order 66 podcast. That's all I got to say about that. This is XAIR Mark 99, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Reaper Brian from Denton, Texas, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Daryl with Reaper Miniatures, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. And this is GM Dave, and I never listen to... What? <laughs> <laughs> the Order 66 podcast. <laughs> so yeah, never listen to it. That's right, obviously. Thank you. Ooh. I'm Andrew Looney of Looney Labs, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Gary Alstelford, and I'm looking into my Weequay Magic 8-Ball, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. I'm Chris Tulak, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. I'm Sterling Hershey, freelancer for Wizards of the Coast and the Star Wars role-playing game and miniatures game, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Hey, this is Rodney Thompson. I'm the game designer for Wizards of the Coast for the Star Wars role-playing game. Just wanted to call and say that the Order 66 podcast is awesome, and I want to keep hearing more of it, and may the force be with you. This is Sam Whitwer, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Uh, your, mom, <laughs> your mom? Boom! Yeah. Boom! Did you see that? That was like the mom joke, and just, you know? I boom. Know. This is Kevin. Handle Erico on the farms, requesting permission to begin audio transmission of the Order 66 podcast. Uh, this is TK379, and you are not authorized to listen to the Order 66 podcast. Repeat, you are not authorized to listen to the Order 66 podcast. So you are saying I am not authorized to make jokes about GM Dave's microphone sock? Roger, and you are not authorized to laugh at GM Chris's jokes. However, you are still authorized to drink when the hosts make mistakes. Understood. Commencing landing sequence now. The last time I didn't listen to the Order 66 podcast, I woke up with Captain Theros and a massive hangover. D20 Radio, your gamers roll. Execute Order 66. Coming at you live on Ustream and by podcast at d20radio.com. This is the Order 66 Podcast.
Brought to you by MapsOfMastery.com. Greetings and salutations, Gamer Nation. We're back. Uh, you know, this is like, um, I don't know what. A long time coming as we start to wrap up this show. Uh, episode 166? Is it really 166? It, it is 166 glory-filled episodes, Senior Dave. Wow. It's almost fitting to have a retrospective at this point. But... Alas, we are not quite done yet. <laughs> All right, this is October 21st. You're back for the episode uh, number 166 of the Order 66 podcast. I am GM Dave, and that other voice you just heard is GM Chris. What is up, Gamer Nation? GM Chris here, and for those who may be tuning in for the first time, this is the Order 66 podcast, the original podcast entirely devoted to Star Wars role-playing. And um, we got a good show for you guys tonight. We're getting back to some basics and some good uh, uh, fan request material, clearing out some things that, that need to be finished and finalized, and preparing for the transformation. If I could do the transformer sound effect, I totally will. You. Yeah. <laughs> Autobots, roll out. I, th- I think you should. Yeah, why not? Yeah. We got we got to have that for the for the the next episode. Oh, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. Well, what do you say we get into announcements? Oh, uh, yeah. What do you say? Let's just do it. Accessing. Ah, good. New acquisition. Greetings, Gamer Nation. My designation is KCK Sim, and this is your Hollow News Net update. Uh, do you have some excitement about announcements today, sir? I have just a fair bit. Okay, dude, I'm really pumped to talk about this. Um, dude, what, what's on the docket, man? Talk to us about featured podcasts. Well, features podcasts. So. Big smiles, proud papa faces, and we're going to welcome two, I say, I'll say, I'll say two new podcasts into the D20 Radio family here today. Uh, Yep. The first one, very excellent, very nerdery type variety podcast called Geekhead Radio. And these are a couple of uh, D20 radio alums that you guys will know, Parian and Preacher 23. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they geek out just about everything that would be considered nerd nerdtastic. So let's talk about comics, movies, computers, science. Uh, oh, yeah. Gaming. Uh, oh, yeah. Of course. So uh, they're already up to episode seven, by the way. Wow. Yeah, so episode seven came up, uh, Goblins, Ghouls, and Geek Outs, with a special guest host that we know pretty well, uh, and he would be named Christopher West. 
Uh, so, Master Cartographer, uh, Geek Extraordinaire. Of course. Very nice. Yep. Very nice. Yep. Yeah, it's a really good episode if you guys haven't listened to it yet. It's always great having West on, so, you know. Naturally. Oh, yeah. His milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Damn right. As I'm sure someone else on this show has said. <laughs> uh, the next show that we're very proud to welcome to the network is a, um, a return to the hallowed halls of third edition Mutants and Masterminds. And I'm loving it. <laughs> uh, Punching for Justice is a new show that uh, has Danny and Kyle at the helm and uh, is uh, in- devoted uh, entirely to mas- uh, Mutants and Masterminds. So they're already up to episode five. Oh, yeah. Yep. Highway to the Danger Room. Kenny Loggins, I'm sure, singing somewhere in the background. You would wish, but they didn't have it. And uh, <laughs> they missed an opportunity. You guys missed an opportunity. You hear that, Dan, Kyle? Uh, you missed an opportunity for some true. Kenny Loggins. <laughs> so that one just went live this week, so you guys check them out. This and more fine podcasts at www.d20radio.com. That com. Oh, continuing with the announcements, we have juicy bits of web goodness. Uh, as usual, you know, guys, we love to check in with the erstwhile Star Wars guru and icon of badassery, Sterling Hershey, in his weekly Star Wars Wednesdays blog. This week, Sterling reminisces about the good old days of Star Wars gaming and the not-so-good old days of Star Wars gaming with the relating of two very important announcements. The first is that, as many of us predicted and some of us scoffed at, Brian! <coughs> um... BioWare has announced that they will be moving to a free-to-play model for Star Wars The Old Republic. Uh, what? Free-to-play, kinda. It's like, it's like kinda. Um, basically, like free-to-play players will be able to take their characters to level 50, the same as everyone else, but character creation options will be a lot more limited. Uh, numerous areas, zones, and missions and rewards will also be limited or completely unavailable um, for free-to-plays. Pay-to-play players will get all the bells and whistles and priority in terms of queue lines, of course. So that's a pretty big deal. Um, so that is one pretty massive announcement. Um, also, and it's too, Sam Whitwer also recently tweeted about this. Dark Forces, the original Dark Forces, is now on Steam. And you can download it and you can play it on your PC. Uh, <laughs> I might actually have the old discs somewhere. Uh, but for those of us who first, you know, loved meeting Kyle Katarn and see him do his bang with with Doom style graphics and a, a kick ass Star Wars soundtrack entirely in MIDI, uh, this is a pretty fun romp down memory lane. Uh, in fact, I do believe Sterling advised that his next band will be called the MIDI Chlorians. So you all should, you, you all should know that now. Uh, <laughs> so check these stories out and more at www.sterlinghershey.com. Um, and two more juicy bits of web goodness announcements. Um, Dave, are you a fan of the Angry Birds? Um, Angry Birds to me is, uh, unfortunately just a tired franchise. Well, it's about to get more tired because it's about to go into a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> yes, the ubiquitous and you know, regardless of whether you like it or not, ridiculously successful Angry Birds franchise is moving to Star Wars, baby. Uh, November 8th, Jedi Birds will launch from slingshots to take down Sith pigs. You heard that correctly. Uh, Angry Birds Star Wars is going to quote-unquote, combine the classic gameplay and art style of Angry Birds with the legendary characters, designs, stories, and locales of the Star Wars saga. Um, gamers will take on the Empire in famous settings like Tatooine and the Death Star, but with the Angry Birds stable of characters being played by the beloved Star Wars roles. So, yeah, it is tired, but I'm sure as hell going to buy this. <laughs> uh, might as well. Add it to my Angry Birds collection on my iPad. If nothing else, it'll satisfy my nephew who loves to play Angry Birds. And there you go. Yep. And speaking of your nephew, uh, and all of the younglings out there, remember in two days from the sound of this broadcast, uh, October 23rd, season four of The Clone Wars does release on Blu-ray and DVD. See the return of Darth Maul. Again. (laughs) Um, The season four collection takes fans deep into the mysteries and secrets of the critically acclaimed fourth season with apparently hours of extras, including cast and crew commentaries, and deleted and extended scenes, um, which is unusual for a a CGI series. Um, But they have them, so there you go. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Uh, And I guess our last announcement this week, Dave, uh, you know, we we talked about this in post-show last episode, and we've we've talked about it on the forums at this point. Uh, But for those who are not aware, um, you know, as Dave alluded to at the start of the show, The Order 66 is about to enter a leathery cocoon <laughs> and uh, emerge, you know, days later uh, as a beautiful and unique fantasy flight butterfly. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with that. I'll go with that. 100%. You- I got that. Okay. So the long and short of it, guys, and you guys can listen to our post show uh, from episode 165 to get the really long explanation. But after over four and a half years of podcasting about Saga, you know, um, Dave and I are are really ramped about the new system coming from Fantasy Flight Games, and we are going to be transitioning uh, Order 66 to that system. Um, And what, Dave? We we decided we're we're pretty much going to reset the feed, right? Yes, sir. The current Order 66 feed with all the Saga Edition episodes is going to be moved to um, an archive. And that archive will be available uh, via iTunes under Order 66 Saga. And the uh, typical Order 66 feed that you all know and love will be reset to Episode 1 for Fantasy Flight. Gotcha, gotcha. And we have a pretty... uh exciting episode one coming your way um it's been in the making for a while we've been privileged to receive a tremendous amount of support from fantasy flight and um and their their design and development staff who are working with us to create a pretty awesome first show of the new show yeah kind of i'm pretty (laughs) freaking amazed uh, by what we're going to accomplish i think it's pretty cool it'll Um, be the best first episode ever way better than kung pao chicken Absolutely. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. But as a part of this first episode, we um, have uh, uh, a contest. <laughs> ah, so, yes. Dude, um, I got my hands on a free copy of the Edge of the Empire beta book. Ah, well. Uh, and I got a burning desire, Dave, to give it away. 
Oh, dude, you know, with all those, you know, all those liners I played off the top of the show there. Uh huh. You know, they're really old. Yeah. I would think that we could stand to have some refreshed liners. Why, I think that's a phenomenal idea, Senor Dave. And I believe that perhaps the most creative and or humorous of the lot would get a free copy of this Edge of the Empire beta book, complete with a full dice sticker sheet. Um, In fact, I'm going to go so far and say that I've got my hands on an extra dice sticker sheet. So the winner of this contest will not only be receiving the full book, they will be receiving two copies of the dice sticker sheet to make their own custom dice with in a rather large pool. Oh. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, so that is the current contest, boys and girls. We have this up on the forums as well. Um, the deadline is going to be November 15th uh, to get in your liner. Um, tell us why you never listen to the Order 66 podcast. We want it. We don't care if you've sent in liners before. We don't care if, if, if you've been listening for four and a half years. Send it in, and you can have a chance to win this, even if you already have a copy. Send us your liner. We want to get a whole bunch and, and really get some fresh and good ones in for the first episode of, of the, the Reimagined uh, podcast. So get them to us. You can email them to us, gmchris at d20radio.com, gmdave at d20radio.com. And, dude, we have a new line, do we not? Oh, you know, that's the funny thing. You know, you mentioned that. Yeah, we do, dude. And do you have it off the top of your head? Because I have totally just not brought it. <laughs> do you remember the area code? Uh, it's four one. F- ah, I think it was four one five four D twenty radio, wasn't it? Wait, no, it was just D twenty radio. Something, something D twenty. It was the area code, then D twenty radio. Yeah, four one five. I think it was four one five, and then four. I thought it was like two six two. Maybe it was two six two. I don't recall. <laughs> All right, guys, keep your eyes on the forums. We just, we literally, we just got this new uh, Google voicemail number. Like just got it um so we're going to post that up in the forums to give you guys another way to go ahead and submit those liners as well but we want them so get them in win yourself a free copy of edge of the empire with two sets of sticker sheets we will ship it to you anywhere anywhere if you're across the pond and you're listening to this i will ship it to you if you're in oz or enzy and you're listening to this we will ship it to you um doesn't matter where you are we will ship it to you uh one copy jedi rabbits in the forums that's all i got is the one copy uh, but two copies of the dice sticker sheet. So there we go. Two copies? Two copies of the oh. dice sticker sheet. Yummy. Pretty freaking awesome, if I don't say so myself. I think it's pretty sweet. You so, know, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm not, just, I'm not just, saying, I'm just saying. not saying, you're just saying. Yeah. So that is the contest. And also, you know, as a response to that, guys, basically we, we've kind of worked it out, and um, in terms of when the next episode is going to be, we're pretty much going to have one more episode of the Order 66 podcast devoted entirely to Saga Edition. So on that note, um, if you guys have any unanswered Docking Bay questions, um, any notes, any comments, anything you'd really like us to cover, um, I will be creating a forum, uh, a thread specifically in the D20 Radio uh, forums in the Order 66 podcast board uh, where you guys can post that up. I'm not saying we're necessarily going to get to it, especially if it's something we've covered in a previous cast or we just don't have time to it. But if there's anything you really want us to address from a Saga Edition system perspective, we will come to that. So get that up in the thread and uh, look for that at d20radio.com slash forums in the Order 66 podcast board. Yeah, so there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, I guess it's about that time in the show. 
when we get to step into ZD20, um, what do we call that? The Docking Bay? The Docking Bay! <laughs> oh, that's very, very, very special to me. Yes. D20 Docking Bay, hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. Ah, the docking bay. This beautiful segment where we uh, ask all of you to send in our stuff so that we can, like, read it on the air. And I'm not entirely sure if I lost Chris or what. I'm here. I'm sorry. I was just muted. Uh -huh. um, uh, that's my bad. I, uh, the truth is I bent over and the fat roll of my donut handle stomach uh, pressed on the mute button. How sad is that? That's pretty good, actually. I, I'm impressed by that. Uh, it's a little impressive, uh, I, I will say. It's very impressive. But, uh, yes, this is the Docking Bay, where we, uh, of course, get the questions and answers from you regarding the system. Um, but basically, guys, you know, and we, we talked about this last episode, is we're kind of winding down our rules minutia Q&A for Saga Edition. We've only got one question tonight, uh, which is one of the very few that I, I really don't think we've tackled before. Um, and so we're going to tackle it. Um, so, but, so hit us up, Dave, because this is a pretty good question. First, I want to go back and say you were right. It's 262-D20 Radio. 262-D20 Radio. Thank you. See, my memory is decent. 262-D20 Radio. That is our new uh, voicemail line, so give that a call. Um, you can also, guys, uh, for our, our, our Saga Edition episode, our next episode, episode 167, uh, if you guys want to call in a Docking Bay question, you can do so through the D20 Radio line. So there you go. That's right. I just put it in chat for those. Hello, chat room, by the way. Hello, chat. 262-D20 radio. 262-320-7234. For those of you scoring at home. You know we have a GSA number, too, which is 41. That was the one I was getting confused about. It, that one's 4154-THE-GSA. Ah, confusion. Bad. Ah, yes. Yes, Confucius say very bad. Very bad. <laughs> anyway, okay, so yeah, uh, first, uh, first, uh, first uh, question. Uh, this uh, came from uh, originally from Richter Belmont and then uh, echoed by Away Put Your Weapon. And it's pretty simple. They ask, does the minus five penalty for shooting or throwing into melee apply to auto fire and area attacks? Specifically, if the ally I'm trying to avoid is not within the two by two area of auto fire or is outside the area attack but the opponent in melee with him is. Interesting. Um, so as, as I thought about this, um, I thought back to all the Saga Edition games I've run where this exact scenario has happened due to either auto-fire or a grenade. Uh, and honestly, it's happened a lot in the last five years. A lot. Uh, despite the fact that, if memory serves, most of these stackers had precise shot anyway, in five years of running the system, it never once occurred to me to add an additional minus five penalty. Not once. Um, 
I don't know. Intuitively, it just seems to add another level uh, of unneeded complexity to area attack adjudication, which is already more complex than a simple attack roll. Um, now, that statement should clue you into how I feel about this. <laughs> uh, now, there has been a nice, friendly, heated debate over this issue on the forums with advocates on both sides, uh, citing conflicting rules and clear intent and individual wording of certain sentences, and that's all well and good. I'm going to make it simple for you, okay? Richter, I'll whip out your weapon. I'm going to make it simple for you. Don't apply the penalty for shooting into melee with area attacks. <laughs> uh, why? Okay, first of all, it's one more thing to think about. Screw that. Follow the KISS principle. Two, I've run it without that rule, without applying it, a lot. I would argue more than most people. Uh, and it's never once imbalanced things. Look, auto-fire already has a penalty, and grenades are self-balancing uh, due to the one-time use and cost. As far as the raw goes, um, my opinion uh, is that it's been made clear in the errata that area attacks don't target a single foe. They target an area. That's why it's called an area attack. You can't crit an area, which is why area attacks don't multiply damage on a natural 20. That was clarified in the errata. You can't aim at an area, which is why aiming imparts no benefit ever for an area attack. Based on those rules, the clear intent is there for me. It's an area attack. I'm not shooting at a foe in melee. I'm shooting at an area. Therefore, I'm not going to suffer the minus 5 penalty for shooting at a foe in melee. Bottom line, um, go with what your players are cool with and what works for you in your game. That's the bottom line. But if you want my opinion, there it is. And that and a buck 25 will get you a Coke. So <laughs> there it is. So good question, though. It's, 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 it sparked some really good debate on the forum, so was, was was glad to get it in. But honestly, I hadn't encountered that before. I mean, I mean, have, have I ever once, like with any of you guys, Dave, when you've tried to hit somebody with a grenade or an auto fire, been like, do you have a precise shot? I don't, I don't think that thought's even occurred to me. Um. Yeah, that was back in the day, and um, everybody said, oh, it's douchey, and then we never ran it that way again. Yeah. No, that's not so. true, actually. It, it's never <laughs> happened. It's never happened. So, yeah. Uh, don't apply it. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of that's where, where, my, where my head is on it. So there. <laughs> yeah. But listen, guys, get your questions in for the final saga, Docking Bay. Head to the forums at d20reader.com slash forums. Get to the Order 66 boards and post it up. Um, also, you can, of course, email your questions to us, gmchris at d20radio.com, gmdave at d20radio.com, and call the D20 Radio voicemail line, 262-320-7234. That is D20 Radio. 262-D20-Radio. Oh, we, should get, we should get a jingle. We should get a jingle. That would be we so cool. Get, we should get a jingle. That'd be awesome. Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we dig into the D20 Radio Order 66 vault of old audio bits to bring you this. And now, Wookiee Poetry. And now, Stormtrooper Poetry. Here it is, a Wookiee life day. It's lots of fun, some would say. Wookiees laugh and Wookiees play. They sometimes invite their friends to stay. But when you meet Grandpa Itchy, you'll think he's not the sort of Wookiee you should let stand anywhere near the liquor if you have small children or unmarried women or even expect to come out the same orientation you went in. Stormtrooper Poetry Ah, uh, do you recall 
<laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. The days of old. Ah, yes. But now, you know it's time. You know what it's time for? Mm. The 94th installment of Fragments from the Rim. <sighs> and then we'll be back on the other side of that. My lords, welcome to Fragments from the Rim. What is thy bidding, my masters? Months in the planning and days in the making. Welcome back to Fragments from the Rim. I'm Darth GM, broadcasting from my new recording station in the remote wilds of New Hampshire. For episode 94, we return to the discussion about lightsaber forms with the last of the base lightsaber forms. Like Form 5, Form 7 is split into two parts, Juyo and Vapad. They're known as the Ferocity Form and the Way of the Vronsker. The Vronsker was a vicious predatory animal that was able to detect and hunt Force-sensitive creatures. Their favorite prey was the Asilmari, the animal symbolizing Form 2, Makashi. This viciousness and focus on Force users is key in understanding Form 7. The use of Form 7 was more demanding in terms of energy use due to a broader focus and deeper utilization of emotion. A Form 7 practitioner was said to maintain a calm exterior appearance, but they were also stated to experience significant internal pressure while using the Ferocity Form. Juyo was described as the most vicious form of lightsaber combat, and was said to be filled with both fury and malignant grace. It is considered to be the most difficult and demanding form in all of lightsaber combat. Skilled combatants with Juyo were said to be able to eviscerate a lone enemy, and the form was both chaotic and erratic, with a heavy focus on offense. Juyo's use was controversial among the Jedi Order, and many felt that Juyo violated the tenant, there is no emotion, there is peace, portion of the Jedi Code due to its requirement to fight under the guidance of controlled passion. The Sith, of course, had no such inhibition, and Darth Sidious went so far as to label it a Sith style. Bold, direct motions are characteristics of Juyo. The moves are more open and kinetic than Form 5, but with less elaborate appearance than Ataru Form 4. Each move was a constant form of attack, and left no space for defense. Attacks are bold and direct, moving in a series of seemingly unconnected movements. This leads to one of the strengths of the form, its unpredictability. The form was said to necessitate greater energy than Form 5, due to a broader wielding of a Force user's focus and a deeper emotional link. Despite the challenges inherent in the use of the form, it could serve as a pathway to considerable power. Jedi Knights who learn the Juyo talent from the lightsaber combat talent tree may spend a force point as a swift action to designate a single enemy in their line of sight. For the remainder of the encounter, you may re-roll your first attack roll each round against that opponent, keeping the better result. The talent had some sw stiff requirements. Weapon focus and weapon specialization in lightsabers, and a base attack bonus of 10. A deadly lightsaber style. It makes sense that its lightsaber form powers should convey its lethality. Assured Strike allows the Juyo user to make a use the force check to target one enemy within their reach. A DC 15 check allows the duelist to make a single melee attack with a lightsaber against the target, rolling twice and keeping the better result, but taking a minus 5 penalty to the damage roll. The better the use the force check, lower the damage penalty to a result of 30, granting no penalty to the damage roll if the attack hits. Those with the Juyo talent keep the Assured Strike in their power suite if both attack rolls miss the target. 
you can spend a force point when you activate this power to roll three times and take the highest result. The second power, and the first we've ever gone over with the dark side descriptor, is Vronsker's ferocity. Giving themselves over to emotion and the thrill of combat, Jedi can easily fall to the dark side by using this power. With a use of force check against a DC of 20, you can make a single attack roll with a lightsaber against a target with a plus one die of damage to the attack. The better you roll on the use the force check, the more bonus damage dice, up to a plus four die bonus at DC 35. You can spend a force point to use this power at the end of a charge. If you have the Juyo talent, this power does not have the dark side descriptor for you. Juyo practitioners are best with character choices that convey lethal, brutal strikes. Be trained in initiative, and look at the powerful charge, rapid strike, and triple crit feats. Flurry is very Juyo as well, taking a penalty to your defense for an increased chance to hit. Overwhelming attack is a nice choice too, representing the unpredictability of your strikes and the difficulty they are to block. If you take double or triple attack, or are a dual blade user, look at attack combo melee and savage attack. Talents like Wicked Strike, Greater Weapon Focus, and Greater Weapon Specialization make your lightsaber into a lethal one-shot weapon. Another good choice is the talent from the other half of Form 7, the Vapod talent. We'll discuss Vapod, Jarkai, and some of the other more esoteric forms and styles in the coming weeks, as long as the Order 66 is still talking saga, that is. Thanks to Jonathan Stevens again for his insight into this series. Until next time, Gamer Nation, this is Darth GM wishing you 20 side up, 1 side down. You have been listening to Fragments from the Rim and Transmission. Uh huh. Well, Phil, you got one week. <laughs> yeah, you better be an extra special. Extra fragments. special fragments from the rim. Ninety-five. Seriously, he's done a fantastic job with the exploration of Saga Edition. Very pleased to have him on board. Um, you know, and a huge, huge thank you also to. I mean, gosh, every listener that's contributed segments over the last four and a half years, um, except Captain Theros. oh i kid because i love yeah that's funny i kid because i love yeah very nicely done sir very nice i'm loving these lightsaber form discussions they've been very awesome fragments from the rim is just a perfectly titled bit to continue why i think so he says finger to his mouth in a dr evil pose ah see i have a finger on the side of my nose Ooh. I'm thinking. <laughs> See, I'm going for the newer reference. You're going for the older reference. It's of just course. how it is. But you know what? That's what makes us a good team, Dave. That's the way it goes. Because that's how <laughs> podcast go. That's how podcast go. Luke Lowbrow. Luke Lowbrow was freaking awesome. Luke Lowbrow, I miss. That was a fantastic segment, and I miss it. Yeah. So. See, so our, our, our last uh, episode of The Order 66 is going to be, we need to have some reminisce. I think so. Yep. That would be uh, that would be keen. So uh, yeah, we've got something uh, uh, else to do here uh, right now, and uh, let me let you listen to this and see if it brings back any memories. We need your help. You still have much to learn, my young apprentice. Sometimes it takes courage to stick to one's beliefs. I live to serve the Force. I don't know why that. Sometimes it takes courage to. Some for some reason that reminds me of that uh, character that Iman played in um, 
Star uh, Star Trek. Uh, I don't know which one. Five, four. I'm six? not. I'm not sure the actress, but that's that's Ayla Secura from the Clone Wars cartoon doing that. So that's one of her lines in one of the episodes. Well, I, I yeah. I <clears throat> I, I just uh, it just reminds me of the same kind. I of, like the uh, I like the helium Jedi at the end. I live to serve the feist. Yeah, yeah, I, that that one hey, sounded like uh, that one sounded like GM Chris on helium. The lollipop guild, the lollipop guild. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. So, <clears throat> as that blast from the past of, a, I guess it's been ten episodes now, um, has alluded to, we are returning to service in the core. Uh, this week, we are going to finally get back to finishing our discussion of the various branches of the Jedi Service Corps, a discussion we began in episode 151 after reviewing the show topic suggestion from forum alumnus Beach, uh, who wanted us to delve uh, into some in-depth looks into this iconic and often forgotten aspect of the Jedi Order. In episode 151, we discussed the concept of the Service Corps in general and their history, so we highly recommend you give that episode a re-listen. Uh, and also, that's the episode where we dug into the soil of the Agricore. In episode 152, we administered a dose of knowledge regarding the healing arts of the Medcore. And in episode 156, we pulled the dusty tomes off the shelves of the Educore. As those three episodes showed us, playing a member of the Service Corps can open up a whole new avenue of character design and creation for your PCs, one that's rarely considered and can provide one of the most meaningful role-playing experiences in the game. Tonight, we're going to pilot our nav computers to the faraway reaches of the last branch of the Jedi Service Corps, the Exploration Corps. So prep your ship for launch, Gamer Nation. Grab your archaeology tools and your translator droids as we make the jump into the unknown reaches of the galaxy with the Explore Corps. Yeah. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all right, dude. Let's let's talk about the Explore Corps and, and, and the Jedi Service Corps. Um, so... The Jedi Service Corps. Hit, hit us up, dude, with a little bit about understanding the Service Corps in general and kind of lead us into this discussion. Okay. What are we... What are, where have we been and what are we going to talk about? That sounds good. So, set your way back, machine, for... 2012, circa March, and conjure up episode 151, where we gave you uh, an extensive overview of the Jedi Service Corps as a whole, who serves in it, why they serve in it, and their history. Uh, We looked at the Agri-Corps, filled with Force users dedicated using the force to grow and nurture life. The MedCore, those members are sharing much of the same philosophies, but they practice their gifts on living beings. Mm-hmm. And the EduCore, devoted to growth and nurturing, but of knowledge of the mind. Mm. Yes. The Explore Core, as we will see, is... Uh, a lot of the same philosophy as we're, you know, going down a pattern here. 
uh, works closely with the EduCore in many respects, but the Explore Core is all about discovery and exploration. So new worlds, forgotten relics, contact with new and old cultures. They came up with the Prime Directive. <laughs> and they are the Indiana Jones of the Jedi world. So I, you know, I pulled in two awesome properties right there. Bam! <laughs> see, <laughs> see what happened? I see that's what happens. That's it. <laughs> so, thank you, Dave. We are going to be talking about the Exploration Corps tonight. You know, this episode, we're going to focus on creating a character who is a member of the Exploration Corps or Explore Corps. Uh, the most diverse and far-flung of the four branches of the Service Corps by far, the Explore Corps was not only the archaeological and research branch of the Jedi Order, but the Order's specialist in first contact scenarios, galaxy mapping, and hyperspace routing. Uh, though ostensibly archaeologists and sociologists, the Explore Corps is, in reality, filled with members with a very strong sense of adventure and an extreme love of the unknown. So uh, I, I find them to be pretty fascinating. And as we'll come to, this makes them ripe of all the, uh, of all uh, of the, uh, the cores, the service cores out there. One that is perfect for an entire party to be involved in. But we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. So let's talk, Dave, about the trappings of the Explore Corps. Um, you know, due to their, their duties and philosophy, there, there really was no primary headquarters for the Explore Corps. It's not like had the Educorps was based in the, the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, you know. Um, the Explore Corps members would instead be stationed on scout ships that roam the galaxy. Uh, the, ah, the Explore yes. Corps also maintained a fleet of Praxium ships, mobile ah. training academies. Praxium. Praxium. Um, mobile training academies, which were primarily used to train initiates who had, who had failed the trials and were being reassigned to the Service Corps, or in, in the early years, to train full-fledged Jedi that just happened to be in the far-flung reaches of the galaxy, and it wasn't easy for them to get to a, a, a planet-bound temple. Um, but, you know, due to wanderings into deep and often uncharted territory, many members of the Explore Corps saw a rather fair amount of combat, much more so than any other branch of the Corps. And this led to a very large number of Jedi Knights and true Jedi Masters serving in the Explore Corps to hone their skills in these areas. Um, and that certainly is going to impact the, their, their Explore Corps' philosophy and their membership rather heavily. So talk to me about that, dude. Let, let's get into the philosophy of the Explore Corps. What, what makes them them? What makes them, them? It what yeah. makes you, you. I mean, <laughs> you know, anyway, yeah. So, members of the Explore Corps, um, I guess you would say they're pretty varied, wouldn't you say? Extremely. Yeah, so their duties require uh, skills of, of, of researchers, academics, linguists, archaeologists, navigators, ace pilots, spacers, I mean, Jedi ambassadors, the whole smash. So, mm. they are extremely varied. To say they're a varied lot would be an understatement. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, each Explore Core member devotes their lives to several core precepts. So this can kind of lay the foundation for us. Uh, first, a practical knowledge of the galaxy and its cultures um, increases one understanding of the Force and strengthens the Republic. True that. Alright, so that's precept number one. Uh, precept number two. Number two. Versatility and preparation are the greatest tools of an explorer. Be ready for any situation and have the skills and resources to deal with the unexpected. Very nice. Very, very yes, nice. Yes, and yes. The, the final precept, I guess you could say. Uh, okay, so here we go. 
Understand the living force. Did I say four earlier? I meant three. Oh. I'm not sure why I said four. Uh, understand the living force and know that the galaxy can be a dangerous place. But the beauty and understanding that can be learned from new places and cultures outweighs any of these risks. So uh, there you go. So what we do is dangerous, but it's worth it. Yes. That's fair. Exactly. But versatility and preparation, it's much like the Boy Scouts. <laughs> Be prepared. Be prepared. That's right. Very nice. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, let's talk a little bit. Similarities uh, to the to the Edge Corps. I mean, a lot of them, uh, members of the Explore Corps, that is, are not washouts of the of the Jedi trials, but tested and conferred Jedi Knights and Masters who work in the Corps to hone a diverse skill set that uh, is really going to help them as a Jedi. However, a lot of these members rarely stay in the Explore Corps for more than a few years. Um, however, you know, there are a very small number of true Jedi that do make careers in the Explore Corps. And, and usually those are, are those that have a passion that, um, and an aptitude for exploration or navigation. Hmm. Uh, even smaller number actually can, can use the Force to help pilot and navigate. And uh, these, I guess, what would you call them, Jedi Pathfinders, if you will? Yes. Uh, possess a, a rare skill that is highly, highly coveted and prized by the Explorer Corps. Um, you know... That and then, you know, a thirst for new experience and, and knowledge, a strong sense of adventure, this, this really defines the, uh, the Explore Corps member. The, um, I would say that the, the, worst, the worst fate you could possibly imagine for someone in the Explore Corps is to be stuck somewhere for a too long period of time. Yeah, they, they seem to be defined by a sort of, I mean, almost a wanderlust. Almost a nomadic sense of, yeah, exactly. Very interesting. Okay, so I'm getting into the mindset of these guys now. I'm starting to understand what they believe in and why they do what they do and what's important to them. Um, when we look at their, you know, as we continue talking about their trappings, we look at the tools of their trade. Tools as of we trade. said, many true Jedi Knights and Masters do serve in the Explore Corps. And Explore Corps members, just because of their duties, also see an unfortunate amount of combat as galactic exploration has uncovered more than its fair share of would-be conqueror races, xenophobic warlike species, and old enemies of the Jedi and the Republic suddenly rediscovered. Uh, this means that, you know, unlike a lot of the other service corps, lightsabers are going to be pretty standard for nearly every member, and, and even the most peaceful of Explore Corps ships is kitted out with laser and ion cannons and hangars for several lightweight starfighters. Um, the EU uh, and the descriptions of the, of the Explore Corps fleet make no bones about that fact. Um, you know, the Jedi are not warlike, but they're not stupid. <laughs> um, Come on now. And, and the galaxy is a dangerous place. Uh, so you, they have to prepare for that. Again, preparation. Um, <clears throat> the Explorer Corps, on that note, is incredibly proud of their ships. All right? Understandably. They're really proud of their ships. Not only does the Explorer Corps' fleet uh, allow for them to perform their duties, but it also serves as the Corps' home base, in a, in a sense. I mean, some Explorer Corps ships, such as the, the, the um, God, I, I've always mispronounced this. I think it's Chuntor, I think. Um, it was renamed something else earlier. I, it was originally commissioned to something and renamed to the Chuntor. Uh, that, that ship would see service for centuries in the Republic before it was decommissioned. 
Um, and that's that's a really long time for a ship to stay in service. I mean, the, the core the core loves their ships. They 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 they're passionate about them because obviously it's a key part of what they do. Yep, they're almost a member of the family. Pretty much. Um, and so that that's going to define a lot of the value structure for your character, sort of that spacer mentality. These are guys to to use a, a turn of phrase from a completely different universe. They they love to be out in the black, you know, and you know, you've got to have a ship to keep flying and do that. Yep. So, all right, dude. So we've kind of laid down a little foundation. So, tell me, what does it take to design a character for this career path? I mean, in terms of role playing, mechanical decisions. What What do you need to What do you need to uh, to do or to think about to really flesh out the character? Well, let's talk about role playing first. Um, because I, th- I think knowing and following the philosophy of the Explore Corps uh, should really inform a lot of your mechanical decisions in character creation, which is the way we prefer to do it. True. Um, you know, the most important aspect is to play the part well. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that more than any other branch of the Jedi Service Corps, not, not even a close comparison, it is the Explore Corps that actually makes sense for a varied and entirely diverse party of PCs to be completely a part of. I I mean, from a GM's perspective, from a campaign perspective, I can see a party of PCs that can reasonably shoehorn any character concept into the Explore Core from a background perspective. I think that's huge, and we'll talk about it more later. But as a GM, you got to use this. you got to use this. Yo. Um... I mean, in terms in terms of the character role playing itself, what um, you you said it earlier, your character probably idolizes the Star Wars version of Indiana Jones. If there if there was an Indiana Jones in Star Wars, like he had his own Hollow Hollow Net series or whatever, you know, the the Explorer Core members would probably have them all on Blu-ray. You know, really? I, I know what you're saying. Adventure, heh, excitement, heh. A Jedi has no need for such things. Which is why you're probably in the Service Corps. <laughs> Come on, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what does the council do with those hothead initiates with really good hearts, but they're far too reckless to pass the trials? They send them to the Explorer Corps. Council reassignment says, okay, we'll send them to the Explorer Corps. They're either going to get it out of their system in the first few years, or they won't. In which case, we keep them there, and the Order can leverage that passion of theirs in the Explorer Corps. You know? Um... Yeah, I suppose you're right. I mean, why? You you sound a little uh, disenchanted no. by that. What I mean? What are you, What are your thoughts? No, 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 no. I'm I'm good with that. I uh, I'm totally good with that. I just kind of like bringing the uh, whole in, Indiana Jones thing into it. Oh, love it. So, okay, what else, man? I mean, aside from the Indiana Jones fetish that they they most likely have, you know, the very reckless uh, would be a fair term to define them. I mean. Any other burning passions these guys might have from a from a role playing standpoint? Um, well, okay. How about uh, just for new stuff? Okay, explain. I mean, meaning uh, new planets, new cultures, new artifacts, knowledge, technology. Mm. Uh, I mean, archaeology is a huge deal with the Explore Corps, but you know the difference between archaeology and history is the difference between the Explore Corps and the Edge Corps. Right? That, that, uh, okay. I mean, sort of. 
right? Yo, you're I, dead I mean, on, dude. That's uh, that's a great analogy. I mean, archaeology is is really uh, the act of of discovering new history, if you will, and and that's that's where the passion comes into your character as you're building it for uh, role playing purposes. Mm. Um, I'd also say that, like Indiana Jones, your character probably knows how to handle himself in a fight. Yeah. Uh, somewhat skilled with a lightsaber. It's just, uh, you know, when you're on the outer rim, dude, it's it's a necessity. Simple necessity. I agree with that. Gotta have it, dude. Gotta have it. So here, here's the here's the paradox of the Explore Core. From a role-playing perspective, as an Explore Core member, you are an explorer, you are a pilot, you are a navigator, you are a researcher, you are a linguist, you are a negotiator, you are an archaeologist, you are a zoologist, you are a botanist, you are a security specialist. No character <laughs> can truly be all of those things. But the Explore core as a whole is all of those things. So unlike the other branches of the Jedi Service Corps, where all their members tend to have a specific bent, this means that nearly any character type can find exciting avenues of service on an Explore Corps ship. And again, that goes back to what we're talking about, how this, is, this, this particular branch of the Service Corps is rife for a PC party. Um, so again, it's, 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 it's really unique of the four branches in that respect, because the, the, that particular branch is expected to do it all, but one character can't do it all, so they have to rely on the varied skills of multiple people. Um, with one overarching passion or passions, which we've talked about. Yes, of course. So talk to me, dude, about bringing such a character into the game. And we understand now what kind of defines them from a role-playing perspective. I I know we talked about this in our prior Service Corps episodes, but you know, remember, guys, all Service Corps members are excellent candidates for PCs. They tie up many of the common problems with playing a Jedi, such as... Oh, I don't know. Uh, let's say it's entirely feasible for you now to be a member of the Jedi Order, but not to have a master. Huh? Yeah. Even absolutely. as a low-level character, dude. Absolutely. Well, uh, you, oh, you're a Jedi without a master? Yeah, I'm in the service corps. Oh. Yeah. It's feasible. Yes, totally. Um, for most of the eras uh, of the Star Wars saga, your presence is uh, very easily explained. Even after the purge, dude, you're much more likely to be hiding quietly in a galaxy at large than a loud glow stick waving Jedi Knight. True that. Remember? Mm-hmm. Not to mention you're going to be in the ass into space when the when 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 the shizzle went down. Exactly, way mm-hmm. out there. Um, what else? I guess for an Explore Corps member specifically, um, it's it's going to be uh, tough to figure out a backstory after the New Republic era. I mean, when mm, when yeah. you know when Luke creates the new Jedi Order, he opted not to rebuild the Explore Core. Uh, instead, he rolled the duties of uh, Explore Core and uh, Edge Core into the Order as a whole, and and really kind of had this belief that the precepts uh, that they had should be part of any Jedi's training and activity. So, yeah, it's going to be tough to make that. Totally. Yup. Um, from a background perspective, done. From an RP perspective, done. Let's get into the mechanics and talk about building the character. Creating an effective Explore Core member might seem like a no-brainer from a build perspective. 
Why? Because any build can damn near work. You know, Dave, the Explorer Core is like an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and, and what I mean is, is like, yes, they have an app for that. Like, you want to roll up an Ace Pilot? We have an app for that. You want to roll up a Scholarly Researcher? We have an app for that. Uh, you want to roll up a Bodyguard, a Medic, a Survivalist? Yes, we have an app for that, too. Um, and we hear the Indiana Jones app comes with 20% more whip. Uh, which is very exciting for the Explore Core members. Nice. Um, <laughs> but despite all these options, uh, there are some of the more traditional choices for an Explore Core member, really in line with their, their, their passions and what they do, that are worth discussing, um, and some standout choices that really do fit the expected mold. So unlike the other three branches, we're going to be talking about a lot of generalities here, because with the precepts we've just set out, guys, we've pretty much told you that just about any build can work in the Explore Core. So it's kind of hard to say, well, this is a good build for an Explore Core member, because it's more about, like, okay, what do you want to do? All right. But having said that, there are a few things that really you can pull in from each and every avenue that can epitomize the, the, the passion of this particular path. So let's talk about that character creation and, and looking at those standout choices, Dave. Um, oh. Talk to me about ability scores. Ability. You know, we, we start there. It's, it's, it's what you need to think about first for your character. What are we looking at? All right. So um, as various as your builds are going to be, your ability score choices are going to be just as varied, mm. I would say. There's no hard guard, hard, hard uh, real guard, uh, guideline. That's what I'm trying to say, guard. It's not a real the hard. guard line. <laughs> there's not a guard line or a hard guideline. I, I get too far ahead of myself of what I want to say. Um, so there's no real guideline. There's um, not even a mold. You know, there's you're not going to be able to replicate somebody's build to another to your own character because it's just not going to work for you necessarily because you've got completely different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. The only real important thing to note here is um, that wisdom and intelligence need to. Um, be looked at pretty hard. Uh, if you end up using the force, wisdom is uh, very rarely a dump stat, but intelligence often is. Uh, realize that wisdom governs not only the survival skill, but perception as well. Uh, both are quite useful to an explorer or a newly discovered planet. Mm-hmm. You know, So if you find yourself there, bam, uh, in in intelligence governs use computer so if um if you know what i mean there's no there's nothing that uh an explorer core member is going to be without if they're worth their salt um then astrogate yeah you got to have astrogate all right that's use computer that's intelligence yeah. so remember that as you get ready to um plan out your ability scores and uh, you know there are ways around it obviously with proper talents but uh, we'll come to that fair very fair um okay guys let's in talking character classes um normally at this time we talk about the classes that really fit this build and those that don't but again we, we honestly can't do that here depending on your character's area of expertise every single class is completely valid for a member of the explore core 
Um, now, having said that, remember a few things that should influence your class choice, or at least a level dipper three. Um, those things being that Scout happens to be the only class that has access to survival. Uh, but neither Scout nor Jedi have access to use computer for astrogation. Um, now, for the astrogation option, there are talent options that can let you get around this, but it, it should it should certainly influence how your level progression goes. There are also specific talents for each class that we do feel are exceptional for the Explore Core members, but we will be touching on them in just a bit. Ah, yes. So, what skills do you pick? What, what, what? There's so many skills, right? Mm. But as an Explorer, uh, yeah, you're going to kind of be in space a lot. Yeah. Um, so, this means being an Explore Core member uh, who can't pilot a ship or the dam <laughs> or do basic astrogation via used computer is... Um, Let's just say laughable. Yeah. Uh, again, there's you know there's a way to around this, but we'll come to that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on your role in the Explore Corps, survival is a solid option, but so is perception. And since it's on everybody's class lists, go ahead and train in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For those that are going to be force bent, perhaps a true Jedi in the core instead of a reassigned initiate. Um. Use uh, the Force as a no-brainer. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Um, remember, persuasion's a very uh, important part of the Explore Core, especially in those first contact scenarios. Yep. And so that's going to limit you to either, again, some creative talent usage on the part of Jedi or what Scoundrel and Noble, pretty much. Yes, exactly. So it's, you know. Yeah. Um in terms of feats, younglings, uh, much like your character class choice, there's not a lot of Explore Core standouts. Your feats really do need to be selected to match the skill set and abilities of your unique build. We're not going to see standouts like we are with talents coming up. Um, but as such, it goes without saying that you need skill training and skill focus in whatever you're good at. Beef up on those exploration skills we discussed, and if you are relying on the Force to accomplish this, make sure you use the Force as maxed out. Pretty yep. standard. Yeah. Um, a couple things, though. Informer is a great feat worth calling out. It lets you use perception to gather information, and that is very useful uh, on a civilized world uh, where gather information would often take the place of survival or other skills when you're trying to basically insert yourself into a new culture and learn things. Um, you know, so you know, if, you're, if you're suffering from a build with not a lot of skill trainings, this is a great feat that can let you use a skill you should be maxing out anyway to gather info. Very nice. Uh, linguist also... A very wise choice and very fitting to an Explore Core member, representing the knowledge and the communication skills that you've gained through your exploration. Yep. Um, we've talked about the quick skill feat before, uh, but realize that this can be used for fast astrogation as well, um, and easy astrogation. Taking 10, baby. Love it. Yep. Uh, getting your ship out of the pickle when you find yourself in one without running the risks that a botched astrogation check can give you. By the same token, since you're going to be spending a lot of time aboard a ship, <laughs> as you alluded to, Dave, yes. vehicular combat and vehicular surge are really good defensive and protective choices for any Explore Core Ah, build. yes. Serge. Serge. Uh, as far as use the force goes, this is, this is really going to come down to the unique build for your character. A failed initiate whose piloting skills might have gotten him into the Explore Core may not have a single force power. But a Jedi Knight serving in the core is probably going to have a force training or two. But regardless, 
every Explore Corps member should be Force-sensitive. You, you either are a knight or you almost became one, which means that you're Force-sensitive. Now, whether you take that Force sensitivity as your you know, character creation, maybe your first level character feat, or from a starting level in Jedi, it's going to depend on your unique build. But just keep in mind that you do need to be Force sensitive for this to make sense. Uh, indeed. Um, which brings us to talents. Oh, we got a lot to talk about here. Oh, yeah. We got lots. Lots of good talents here, folks. Uh, every single class, as well as uh, Force talents. And as we've said before, your talent selection should serve to enhance your unique build. But each class does have some standouts that you'd expect to find in members of the Explore Corps. So uh, why don't you start us off, dude, with, with some Force talents? Okay. Um you know, a uh, good way to start off the discussion, these talents are obviously not part of any class specifically, but they are talents that you will be able to take regardless of your class because of the fact that you're Force-sensitive. Uh, these talents are going to be the keys to overcoming a lot of the skill deflation and the, the MAD, the, the mutual ability dependency, uh, suffering that an Explore Core character is going to contend with. And, it, guys, it, bottom line, it starts and ends with the Sense talent tree. If you're playing an Explore Core member, you need to really take a long, hard look at the Sense talent tree. Why? First of all, force pilot and instinctive navigation. They're going to let you make use the force checks to both pilot and then astrogate. Suddenly, you don't need that level dip. And you actually can dump stat decks or intelligence. Um, in, yeah. Instinctive navigation specifically is worth noting because this is the talent of the quote unquote Jedi Pathfinder of EU lore using the force to chart a route through hyperspace it's like dune <laughs> uh very fitting and a key feature of the explore core and, and you know the, those jedi pathfinders those route finders they use the force to do this they are very highly prized in the explore core and if you really want to make a solid explore core member especially someone with a lot of experience that's really a talent you're going to want to think about picking up yes uh, but obviously it has force pilot as a prereq so there you go yeah um, depending on your concept, force perception is also a great way to ramp up a much-needed skill in the form of perception when you're struggling with too few trained skill slots. Uh, but more importantly, more importantly, force perception leads to psychometry. Psychometry huh. is an odd ability made famous by the in the EU by Jedi Master Quinlan Voss, who has it, and it's basically the ability to use far seeing to glimpse into an object's past it's kind of like the object readers dave you know the guy picks up a gun and he's like he can get, get images of its past and knows who held it last and who well, used it and what, what it they did for and, yeah. yeah um what a great ability for the archaeologists of the explore core um i mean obviously but it is a bit unusual so make sure your gm is cool with it because I've talked to some GMs and, and, and Star Wars fanatics that are like, yeah, no, Quinlan Voss can do that. And he's the only one who can do that. It's a unique ability to him. Make sure your GM is cool with it. Um, you know, the, the saga rules took it and said, okay, here's just a talent. Anyone can take it. You know, Voss happens to be the only guy we know that practices it, but here you go. So just run it by your GM. But really cool for that archaeologist, historian, explorer, kind of Indiana Jones motif. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So talk to me about Jedi talents. Ah, the Jedi. Uh, okay, so let's say if your character is a, a washout initiate, you may not need any levels in Jedi, but 
you're likely to have at least one just for lightsaber proficiency, so consider that. Fair. Uh, but your talent choices here need to directly match your character's concept. So uh, there aren't any real standouts for Explore Core specifically because all the talents are standout, depending on your role in the core. Uh, ambassadors can benefit from uh, the Jedi Consular talent tree, obviously. Mm. Uh, but as we've said, the Explore Core members are going to see some action. So lightsaber combat, Jedi Guardian, Jedi Sentinel. All very good choices as well, so consider those. True, true. Yep. What about the Noble? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so Noble. Uh, negotiators and first contact experts are, um, I would expect, if you're going that direction, that you're going to have a level or five in Noble. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you know, uh, just for those superior skills and influence, inspiration, leadership, talent trees, invaluable. Uh, lineage is a great choice, aside from the wealth talent, because it um, grants you mechanical advantages for the connections you've made after years of exploring, and the educated and spontaneous skill talents are perfect for a researcher. Yes, absolutely. So. It also lets you pull an astrogation roll out of your butt if you're trying to fake it before you make it. Yes, uh. exactly. <laughs> yep. What about, uh, say, scoundrel or scout? Well, okay, n no matter your unique build, um, when it comes to Scoundrel, a level dip is an excellent idea. Um, I don't care what kind of build you're making, seriously consider a level dip in Scoundrel. You can make a great concept going straight Scoundrel, don't get me wrong. I mean, with access to use computer, pilot, and persuasion, it's a good class. But considering how much time you're going to be spending aboard a ship, the spacer talent tree is where it's at. First and foremost, the standout here is the Space Hound talent. It is perfect for any Explore Core member of any build. Not only does it give you instant proficiency with Starship weaponry, but you suffer no penalties or ill effects for being in zero G. And that's huge. No yeah. penalty to your attack roll, no risk of gaining space sickness. Um, and that's a big deal. That's awesome. Uh, yes. The other talents in the Spacer Talent Tree are all about shipboard combat, so you can see why this tree is a wise choice. You're going to be on a ship a lot. Um, if your GM is going for the Explore Core campaign, you guys are all in the Explore Core, really think about this, because you realize a lot of your encounters are going to be in space. And, and if your GM is a good GM, he's a smart GM, he's going to throw wonderful environmental hazards at you, things like Zero-G. So uh, just think about that. Yep. Uh, in terms of the Scout... Um, you know, for on-site explorers and adventurers, Scout provides access to survival. Okay, it's the only class that does. That's huge. Uh, if you're on a primitive world or a, you know a world that's not you know Coruscant, basically, you might very well need it. Uh, the Scout talents will help you become exponentially more survivable and ding 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 versatile. And Bing. That's, one of the core, that's one of the core philosophies of the Explore Core. Uh, but there is one talent tree that is a standout for the core, and that is the Scout's Hyperspace Explorer talent tree. Uh, hyperspace Savant is worth a specific mention because it lets you make a pilot check to astrogate. So you don't need to be trained in use computers if you have this talent in order to astrogate as long as you're trained in pilot. Um, so now, you know, you, you don't have to worry about not training in it or not being able to be trained in use computer, which means you can make a straight career out of Scout if you want um, or just simply not 
spend the training to train and use computer and still be a non-laughable member of the Explore Corps. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the talent tree is a great mix of shipboard combat talents and vehicle and personal stealth abilities. Can't go wrong. No. Can't go wrong. So I, 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 I hear all of you saying, uh, hey, you said all this combat. How come you haven't talked about Soldier? Well, <laughs> here's Soldier. Um, you know, when you talk about Jedi and you talk about Noble, there's a lot of benefit also to the Soldier talents. Considering the combat that the Explorer Corps often finds themselves in, you know, we've said that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, as usual... Your selection here needs to support your unique build. We'll say that out front. Uh, but there's a, a one important thing to mention, and that is um, a great reason for a single dip in Soldier. And this would be Armored Defense. Armored Defense? Uh-huh. Uh, going the Armor Monkey uh, is usually a pretty dedicated build, and, and Armored Defense is the first step on that path when you go down right. that route, right? Uh, but in the case of the Explore Corps member, it's a solid level dip talent because, uh, you know, for one reason, really. Spacesuits. Ah. They're armor. They are. Yep. And, yep, you will be suffering attack roll penalties without the right armor proficiency when you wear it. Soldier can give you this feat. Also, uh, your reflex defense in that space suit is, uh, at mid-levels and higher, going to be substantially lower than normal because you'll be forced to take the armor bonus instead of your heroic level. Armored defense fixes that problem. Gotcha. See? Because you're going to get into fights in the Explore Corps, and you're going to be in space. Just saying. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> So spacesuits are a strong possibility, and this talent ensures that you can wear them without penalty. Precisely. Any penalty. Yep. Okay. Well, that's a really good point, Dave. Ah, old school checking in from Scotland. Ah, hello, William. Um, what about prestige class talents, man? Dude. So, yeah. I mean... A lot of the Explore Core guys are going to be going to uh, to prestige classes and you know that emphasize em, emphasize. I'm getting tongue tied today. I don't know why. Yes, you are. Drink. Um, yeah, drink again. Uh, anyway, what I was going for is that you really want to call out your shtick. Mm. So to place an emphasis on the correct syllable, such as uh, Ace Pilot, for example. Or Improviser or Pathfinder. Those are all prestige classes I can see an Explorer Corps member going into. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, but in terms of force use, we need to point out some great force use prestige class choices that will fit the Explorer Corps very, very well. First, Force Adept. How about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, cool choice for any, um, well, one. <laughs> Real good reason. It's a little talent called Perfect Telepathy. Oh. You, very nice. Yeah, so what what happens if you come across a new species? Nobody speaks their language, and the droid is clueless. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can just beam their thoughts, your thoughts, into their minds. Full sentences, baby, regardless of any language barrier. Very fitting for the Explore Corps. Yeah. 
That is, of course, assuming it doesn't scare the living piss out of him. <laughs> First contact disaster. Right. That's it's a, a witch! Burn him! <laughs> uh. That's right. If he weighs as much of a duck. Anyway. <laughs> All right, uh, so force that up. Perfect telepathy. Good suggestion. Yes. Uh, okay, and if you can get there, the seven uh, base attack bonus prerequisite may not be viable for your character, by the way. Uh, Jedi Knight offers you the Jedi Investigator talent tree. Mm. Which, um, to me, seems tailor-made for the Explorer Corps. Yeah. Uh, Echoes in the Force lets you basically use technometry on a location. Yeah. And the other talents are a wonderful addition to your readiness capabilities as well. Be prepared. Be prepared. It's the motto. Good suggestions. That's right. Um, in terms of force abilities, uh, if you listen, listen, if you're an Explorer Corps and you're a trained Jedi with a force suite um, or just a failed initiative with a very narrow focus force suite, it is worth calling out a couple of force powers that are very fitting to the Explorer Corps lifestyle. Um, two in particular. Uh, the first is far-seeing. Okay, not only is it fitting for an Explorer, but it is used to power both technometry and, as Dave mentioned, Echoes in the Force. So make sure you've got it, at least one of it. Um, the other one, it doesn't get a lot of play, but I, I love it for this concept, is inertia. Ah. Some people call this power surge light. Um, you can't use it to move as fast as surge can let you move, but you can use it to run up walls. That's pretty cool. Um, basically, inertia, to simplify it, allows you to stick to any surface that you're moving over. I mean, as long as you end your movement, you know, on a flat level plane, you can, you know, run up and over a ceiling or anything like that. You can also combine inertia and surge. I'd like to point that out. This is fantastic for scaling ancient temples and ruins or staying glued to the hull plating of a starship as you clean the Minox that just dropped you out of hyperspace off of it while you're wearing your space suit because you need to and enjoying the benefits of your armored defense talent for your level dipping soldier. <laughs> See, that's perfect right there. You're now the Jedi Spider-Man. <laughs> the Je Jedi Spider-Man. Yep. Um, in addition, uh, inertia is also great, even if you're inside a ship, uh, to deal with zero-G. I mean, not suffering the effects of it is one thing, but being able to move in zero-G is completely different. With inertia, you can pretty much stick to the walls and move around exactly where you need to be with inertia when you're in zero-G great for a, a tough encounter in zero G when you're aboard a ship. Yes. So, okay, let, let's talk about bringing this all together, guys. The Explorer Corps is far and away the most versatile of the service Corps. Yep. No matter your skill set, you can find a place there. And I, I said this before, and I'm going to say it now. I encourage every GM out there to use this. Setting up your party as a group of adventurers on an Explore Corps scout ship gives them a great excuse to be exploring the galaxy and have a set backstory about how they all know each other. So use it. Use it. And it's a wonderful way for you to pull in stuff that they've never seen. Uh, if you have a bunch of canon junkies that know everything there is to know about Star Wars, you put them in the Explore Corps, and they can find something new that they don't know about because no one knows about it yet because they just discovered it. 
Each session can have themes as different as, as navigating an ancient trap-ridden Masasi temple on an abandoned jungle planet to negotiating a peace accord with a brand new species that's been discovered. And, you know, it's all role-play and nobly and, you know, very, very cool and a lot of intrigue. You mean, this one concept for a party and their goals can feed pretty much any style of play session you can imagine. You can really use it to change things up for your players and make the campaign very vibrant and interesting. Plus, as a member of the Explore Corps, you get to be indie, man. You get to be Indiana Jones. Yep. Or maybe Short Round. Oh. But not Shia LaBeouf. No. 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 The beef is not in Star Wars. No, there is no... No. <laughs> no. Take any concept you want, you add a dash of force and a healthy ladle of spacer, and you've got an Explore Corps member. So go dodge some giant boulders and uncover some long-forgotten artifacts already. Um, just go and do it. Uh, this is great. And, and I hope, I hope uh, GMs and players that are listening to this will get a little bit excited about the idea and say, wow, what a great idea. Let's do this. And break the rules, GM. If, you, if your players aren't too happy about doing this and they don't necessarily, uh, uh, like, I don't want to make a force sensitive, or, you know, it's not what I want my build to be, say, well, make your build. I'm going to give you force sensitivity as a bonus feat. Won't even count against your build. I'm going to give it to all of you as a bonus feat. Go ahead. Yeah. And then just make your build the way you want to build it. Damn straight. You know, it's like, well, I don't want to be a Jedi. You're not. That's why you're in the Explore Corps. And if your players are cool with that, use it. So there you go. Use it or lose it. That's what they say. So that brings an end to our discussion of the uh, Jedi Service Corps, guys. We've talked about all four branches. Again, huge thanks to Beach for this topic. Um, it was really one of those things late in the year, or early in the year, where we were like, wow, what a great topic idea. We haven't talked about this at all. It's really not touched in in Saga in terms of the core rule books. So let's talk about how you can bring it in, how you can do it. Um, excellent so show suggestion, um, and really do appreciate that. So there. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. We are we are what we are rounding the bend on Saga Edition Order sixty six, and uh, in the, in the distance we can see the FFG Star Wars Order sixty six on the horizon. It comes and it comes fast. Basically, guys, we're gonna have one more solid episode devoted to Saga Edition. Okay. And it's going to be a doozy, as Dave said. We're going to have a lot of reminiscences, a lot of... Uh, uh, is that a word? Reminiscences? Sure. We just made it one. Done. We're going to have a lot of reminiscen. Uh, we'll be reminiscating. Yes. We're going to have a lot of a lot of memories about, about the past four and a half years of covering Saga Edition. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But we are also going to take the time to really talk about those unique questions from Saga that you guys may still want to be answered. We obviously talked about a lot, but there's some things we may not have come to. So get to the forums again at d20radio.com slash forums. Head to the Order 66 boards and look for the thread um, that is there specifically for those final Saga questions. Uh, and we will get to them if we are able. Um, also, send us an email, those questions as well. Um, and, of course, call the new D20 radio line, 262-320-7234. 262-D20-RADIO. Oh, yes. How about that? And keep abreast of the next show time and date by following us on various forms of the social medias. Ah, uh, yes, that would be Facebook and the Twitter. I am at GM Dave. I am at GM Chris on, on the Twitters. On the and you guys can follow uh, D20 Radio on Facebook. Yes, you can. And if you guys want, Steve the Dog now has his own Twitter feed. 
Oh, your puppy has a Twitter feed. Yep. Does he post puppy thoughts? Yes, he's Wiener Dog Steve. <laughs> yep. Oh heavens! Yeah. All right, guys, uh, you, you you best be working on those uh, those liners for the liner competition. I'm anxious to give away this copy of Edge of the Empire. We have anxiousness and anxiety. Ooh, anxiety! I just made up a new word too. It's like <laughs> next year on NBC from J.J. Abrams. Anxiosity. Uh, Sounds like a Dean Koontz novel. Something. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Gamer Nation. This is GM Chris wishing you peace, love, and good gaming. Uh, This would be GM Dave saying, keep them dice a-rollin'. D20 Radio, where gamers roll www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at starwars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all names, pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related websites, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. This is lightsaber instructor Zarissa, and I never listened to Order 66. Well, not until Donovan Mornfire pointed out that per raw, it wasn't a major transgression. This is English Bob, and I never listened to the... Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. One more. This is English Bob, and I never listened to the Order 66 podcast. Hey, this is Green X Lantern, and I never, ever... Listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Heart of Drew MK2, and thanks to GM Dave's rifle, I will never again listen to the Order 66 podcast. Hello, this is Outlaw Night Zero, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast, especially since GM Dave called us all out. Greetings, Gamer Nation. It is I, Andy, also known as Ravenwing, co-host of the Game On podcast, and I never... Listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Darth Korohor from the forums, or J.P. Taurus from the chat rooms. And I've never listened to the Order 66 podcast, because you never put up my bumpers. Hey, Gamer Nation, this is Donovan Morningfire, Jedi Grandmaster of the D20 forums, and I never listened to the Order 66 podcast. This is Animus from the forums, and I never listened to the Order 66 podcast. Hi, this is Darth John, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast, because mainly, and my master won't let me. Damn master. Goodbye. Hi, this is GM Drew, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Shibuda, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast, especially on a Friday. Episode 69. It's not what you think. It's worse. Game of Nation. Scoundrel 1978 here. And I never listened to the Order 66. It's crap. This is Adder Talon. And since I've been hiding from the Empire on Tatooine for the past decade or so, I never listened to the Order 66 podcast. This is Cyril. 
and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. And just because it hasn't been said for a while, GM Chris, you are such a punk. This is Ganthet, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Yo, this is GM Timothy, and I'm a freaking way past my bedtime making a campaign for my players. You know why? Because I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Yep. Okay. This is Preacher23, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. My wife keeps me too busy trying to hook her up with Sam Whitworth. wonder if he'll play in my game if he accepts. This is Tarong Jedi. I heard that you're asking for bumpers, but I'm not really sure what to say here because I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. I'm afraid Captain Nita can no longer listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Zuppy, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. By the way, there's a drunk stormtrooper in my backyard muttering something about GM Dave and uh, D20 docking bay. I don't get half of it, but please do something about him because he's scaring people away. Thanks. Post-show? an intense number of liners there, Dave. Well, yeah, but, you know, half the, the funny thing is half the people in the chat room forgot that they have recorded those things. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're in... Were recorded years ago. You have no idea how many liners that we... When I opened up the folder that I, <clears throat> that I um, accidentally backed up, which was good that I did, uh, there are over a hundred... And 50 liners in that folder. <laughs> I played about 30 of them for you. Oh, wow. That's nah, a lot of liners, maybe, maybe closer to 40. But, I mean, you know, front and, you know, four and aft, I guess you could say. But uh, we'll play a bunch more next week, too. Wow, that was that was. Cool. Yeah, Outlaw wow. Night Zero, Dark Serial's like, good God, I forgot I recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> well, your quest now is to make them better. New ones, peeps. New right. ones. We wants them. We need them. That's the right. Niners. That's right. It's My precious. precious. <laughs> Dude, that sounded like Predator. <laughs> Sounds like a snoring to me. I can't, yeah. I can't get the nasal roll. The... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, dude. So, yeah. So, for those who have not been keeping track, Dave had a complete and utter technical meltdown. Your computer threw up, like, on right. the interwebs. Like nobody's <laughs> business. And what it what it wound up being is that, yeah, 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 you know, with uh, Mark uh, and I, Mark mainly, I just told him what I wanted. Mark built the computer. And um, he put a lot of fans in the computer. To keep it cool, um, I, like a moron, I guess, put it under my desk thinking, that'll be fine, it had enough airflow under there. I was wrong. 
and after two years of faithful service, it um, it overheated and blew up just one component, one component, one component after another, and then finally it got to the point where the whole hard drive got corrupted and totally screwed up. So, uh, yeah, so it was it wouldn't boot, and then we you know took it in, found out the motherboard had an issue. Well, one of the memory modules on the soundboard had an issue. The hard drive obviously was completely trashed. And so we fixed all that. And uh, it cost about a third of a new computer. So I decided not to go with a new computer. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. But, uh, you know, the, the processor and all the, the expensive parts uh, were intact. The video card really expensive part that was intact so uh, i take oh, it back i take it back though one of the dims on the on the uh, on the uh, video card had uh, had gotten messed up but those are replaceable so um we just you said you said mark over. built this for you yeah mark mark hamilton i know i know yep. so uh, like when mark was like dude i'm gonna build i want to build you a computer i'm like dude i'd love a computer he's like what would you say to like like and he, he named some incredible processor and i'm like oh yeah yeah and like Eight gigs of RAM, and I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great. And he's like, and what about a hundred gig solid state hard drive, and the entire machine is liquid cooled? Yeah, I'm like, dude, that would be awesome. He's like, great, dude, because I like, I know how to build it. I got the specs. I want to build it, and I, dude, it's only gonna be like, it's only gonna be like twenty four hundred dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Wow. Well, you know, buddy, pal, friend, I hate to burst your bubble. You must be under the impression that I am somehow wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That liquid cooling thing sounded really cool, but I couldn't afford that either. But I did put two one terabyte drives in the damn thing. Ooh. Yep. Very nice. So you have room is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the, the hard drive that crashed, basically, I had only taken up 500 and something gigs of that and... I have oh, wow. two. I have two terabytes um, external backup. So I had everything. I thought I had everything backed up. Obviously, I didn't. There was a a minor file called podcast that wasn't backed up for some reason. Oh. But so uh, yeah. Okay. Episode titles. We're getting some creative stuff in the chat room. Um, Full on has my favorite <laughs> so far with the Raiders of the Lost Holocron. Raiders. Oh yeah, I saw. I saw that in Raiders of the Lost Ark Troopers. Kind of like that. One uh, yeah, there's, there's Vader, Vader's of the Lost Ark Troopers, uh, Han Solo and the Astrogate of Doom. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's some there's some good ones out there. Darga the Explorer, like Dora, but yeah. um, chunk, chunk, chunk. Sparks. Yeah. That's terrible. Um, if you guys get a chance, go to YouTube and do a search for Dora the Explorer movie trailer. Um, and you'll get a parody of a live-action movie with, of Dora the Explorer that's done like a cheesy 80s action flick. It's awesome. Huh. If you've you got kids and you watch Dora the Explorer because you have to, um, you will laugh until you pee yourself. Uh, it's totally awesome. Um, like, <laughs> uh, you absolutely have to listen to it. So, so there. So I don't know. What are you thinking for the episode title? I don't know, dude. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm kind of feeling this part of this uh, something that incorporates the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think so. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. 
I'm thinking of uh, Raiders of the Lost Holocron. I think that's my favorite so far. How you, how's that sitting with you? It's fine with me. Done. Done and done. Oh. So, uh, gosh, what else is happening in the world? Oh, oh. whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what, what? Next to Last Crusade. Ooh. Ooh, that, that's pretty good, Fez. Hmm. Next to Last Crusade. I don't know. Those are both good. Those are both really good. I'm kind of torn. Oh, you know, perhaps. Maybe a combination of the two. Like Raiders of the Lost Holocron, the next to Last Crusade. Oh, there you go. Put a colon in between them. Yes. I like it. All right. Raiders. uh, Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Holocron. The next to last crusade. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yep. And Kevin, uh, unfortunately, all my Gen Con stuff got evaporated in the uh, great uh, fire of Dave's computer. Yeah. But, Kevin, send us another one, dude. In fact, make it awesome, and uh, I'll send you another copy of the Edge of the Empire book. It's <laughs> awesome enough. Just, just going to throw that out there. Bing. Everybody. Bing. Just, just, just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Kevin or IS Destroyer is actually on the top of my list. I am. Um, we've we've been playing a lot of the Edge of the Empire, and we've got. Um, I have I have yet to run a an open Skype game where it's like, hey, I'm looking for people to come play in a Skype game, and I'm looking for people. I've run I've run some Skype sessions for. Uh, uh, one in particular for a, a close knit group of, of our, our core group um, that we were doing some testing and betaing on it. Um, but as far as an open set, Kevin, you're on the list, man. You're at the top of the list. Um, plus, we're hopefully going to have a very awesome Skype game uh, that will also not be open to the public uh, uh, for our very first episode. So, extremely looking uh, forward to that. Yeah, awesome, awesome Skype game. <laughs> If it comes together, sir. Oh, oh, it's coming together. <laughs> the question is, who all is going to be there, right, uh, to to do it? But we already have quite a few big names lined up for it. It's just a question of how big these names can actually get. So I'm I'm gratefully looking forward to this. Um, yeah, dude, uh, it's been a real pleasure working with Fantasy Flight on this. Uh, they've as we as we said, they've they've given us. Um, Right, right out of the gate, you know, we were we were we were so privileged to get all the support we did from from the Watsi development team, you know. Yeah. Um, and FFG has stepped up to the plate just as hard and just as fast. Uh, and it's you might say really faster. Fast. Well, we, we yeah. Although, then again, we didn't exactly approach Watsi before we started the true. podcast. Like that's true. <laughs> I mean, they they did approach us pretty damn quick after we started our show. So I mean, yeah. it was within ten weeks. So yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's pretty impressive and and fantabulous and fantastic, but man, the uh, the weekly updates are just coming. This really is a true beta. Um, it's not just lip service, man. They've already changed like some. They've changed a lot. 
uh, in my opinion, for the better. Um, they've yep. really been listening to the feedback, and they've really been making changes. Yep. Uh, it's it's pretty impressive to see. And somewhere uh, along the lines, they have, uh, or someone has leaked out the Order 66 as the podcast of choice because we've kind of just been languishing in... in um, iTunes hell of just kind of you know just kind of scooting along scooting along all of a sudden last week we jumped to the first page of what's hot on iTunes mm. I noticed that when I was reloading on my iTunes and I was like what the hell look at that there's there the d20 radio logo what's it doing <laughs> hasn't been what's hot since the system got canned what's I know it's been a couple of years since we've been on that first page so uh, that that's 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 how it goes, man. That's how podcasts go. That how podcast go. That that how that how pod that how podcasts go. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been really great to see a lot of the system changes that are coming, and I'm really excited because I'm close to getting my own show in the can, and it has nothing to do with Star Wars. Yeah. Are you proud of me? I'm like yes. a big, I got my big boy pants on now. I'm telling you, it's I'm, I'm like producing my show. own show. Do you want to uh, at all uh, tease it? Sure, I don't mind. Um, so, uh, okay, so this show, guys, is going to be is 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 called the Gamers Roundtable. In fact, I just got the Twitter feed set up for it. Um, and and here's the concept. And I really have to give credit where it's due here. Um, I, I, this idea was engendered uh, primarily from Jay Little, who is the uh, obviously we've had him on the cast now, and, and he's the, the the lead designer uh, for uh, the the Star Wars role playing game at Fantasy Flight. Um, and Jay kind of said, you know, he'd love to see a podcast that did this. And I kind of took that idea and modified it and changed it and altered it. And, um, the gamers round table is going to be approximately a one hour podcast. And here's the bones of it, guys. We know some people in the gaming industry. We have some good contacts with some great people that are a lot of fun to have on a podcast. People that like to talk about games and gaming and game theory and issues in the game industry. And uh, so the format will be thus. Uh, myself, your erstwhile host, will be the host. Out of our stable of a dozen or so uh, gaming industry minds and gaming celebrities, we will have four um, on on an episode. And obviously we'll sh- rotate that around in terms of who can be on and what their own schedules are. And prior to the episode, we will have ten topics short one or two sentence topics that will be published, not only for the benefit of the guests, but for the benefit of our listeners. Things like, is Kickstarter the future of the industry? Um, is crowdfunding oversaturated? What's the greatest role-playing mechanic in existence? Uh, you know, uh, things of that nature. Ten of these topics will be published. In addition, we will have a live Twitter feed set up, obviously, during the show and live chat so that listeners can partake in the show and suggest potential topics on the fly. And if I like them... I will bump one of my pre-existing and bring it in on the fly. We present the topic, and each guest, in order, will have one minute uninterrupted to speak their mind. And at the end of their speak, I shall award points based on how much I agree with what they said or how much it tickled me. And after we've gone through ten topics, the winner, uh, the person with the most points at the end, will have three minutes completely uninterrupted to talk about whatever they want to talk about in the gaming world. They want to pimp out a product they're working on, they can do that. They want to make a point from something they were talking about earlier, they can do that. They want to sing the lyrics to Stairway to Heaven, they can do that too. It's their time. 
But uh, kind of, if, if you guys are sports fans at all and you watch ESPN, it's sort of a combination of PTI and Around the Horn, and it's going to be all about gaming, and I'm really looking forward to it, and I think it's going to be fast and furious and fun, and it's the Gamers Roundtable, and it's coming in November, and you need to give it a listen. Those of you non-acronymistic, PTIs, pardon the interruption. Yes, thank you. Pardon the interruption and uh, Around the Horn. Very similar. Um, so, Yeah really looking forward to it yeah it's so, gonna be cool it's a great concept oh yeah oh yeah um i am very 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 excited about it very and, uh, very excited. it's gonna be fun if you couldn't tell i'm very 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 very, very excited <laughs> about it. that's awesome so, yeah dude i got the adventures on blu-ray finally oh i had it in my hand uh, at at uh, at Best Buy and uh, discovered there was no digital copy with it, so I put it back oh, on the shelf. You gotta, yeah, you can't do that. You got to get the digital copy. I know, but I wasn't going to shell out fifty bucks for it. With the the only one it came with, at least there, was the three D version. I don't have a three D television. Well, dude, I got so the the only one that you're going to have with the digital copy is is so the and fifty bucks is ridiculous. I for like thirty five at Target, I got the the gold the gold. Uh, bordered copy which comes with the blu-ray the dvd the 3d blu-ray and the digital copy and i don't have a 3d tv i'll never use that disc but that'll work for for me it was 35 bucks for dvd so i could watch it in the car blu-ray so i can watch it at home and the digital copy so i can watch it in my ipad and uh that i call that a bargain for 35 bucks heck yeah dude and i i uh, picked up apple tv so um i'm telling you that uh those digital copies are are more and more coveted. Dude, when did you get an Apple? When did you get Apple TV? Uh, last week. Dude, was it just like a birthday gift to yourself, or it was? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, I won a. Uh, I won the football squares. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had some. Uh, I had some money that uh, just was sitting there, and uh, so yeah, I just uh, went out and got Apple TV and uh, a new HDMI cable, and blah 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 blah, and bam! All of a sudden, I'm streaming. So is it like is it a subscription you have to pay for, or is it just just a piece of hardware? No, it's just a piece of hardware, ninety nine dollar piece of hardware that uh, that streams from your iTunes, from your uh, iPad, uh, any Apple device. It just basically streams off the device, and you uh, it goes through your uh, television or receiver, however you have it set up, through HDMI, so it picks up the um, the high definition stuff. So it uh, it was great. I sat here and. Uh, uh, I think in the evening, Cindy had uh, all kinds of stuff going in the evenings with some executives that she had in town, and I got Taylor off to soccer practice, and one night I watched um, The Blind Side, and one night I watched um, um, The Hunger Games and just kind of chilled and was like, wow, my life is good now. Dude, that's very impressive. Oh, I want one. See, I oh. knew, I knew, I knew that, I knew the second that Valcon showed up, that he was going to be a freaking spammer. I knew he was going to be a grognard piece of crap. Uh, uh, we have a we have a we have a spammer in the chat. Yeah, yeah. I knew that was going to happen. So I when just, we ever we have it. an unknown show up in chat and he doesn't have an obvious gaming or Star Wars handle, so I was like, "What are you doing here? Hey guys, what's this all about? Here's a bunch oh. of videos that relate to Star Wars, and it's probably all porn. <laughs> you know. Anyway, whatever." <laughs> Oh wow! And, I, and the funny thing him. is, I banned him right after I called him a grognard. You know, 
That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. You know, if you just want to sit here and troll forums all the time. So, hey, did you see that that Reddit um, troll um, got <laughs> got outed by a uh, by a gossip magazine? <laughs> no, I haven't heard about this. What is it? I don't remember his name. It was one of the biggest trolls on Reddit and um, uh, some gossip column or something outed who he was and he got arrested. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, I have. um Ever since that happened, I've kind of noticed now, um, after a kid local here, Capel, um, if you hadn't heard, you know, the, the kid at Capel, they found him. Uh, yeah. He was cliff diving, and then uh, somebody else at Capel uh, killed themselves. And it was one of these things that it's, it's, it's so odd to see how the victims are portrayed as as not victims and and like they had it coming you know it, it, if if somebody were to try and do that with with a woman who got raped they would get killed but instead you get these cyber bullies that incessantly stalk their prey and for whatever reason the victim is like well you deserved it because you never should have sent the picture of your boobs in the first place well, you know, let let's let's not let's let's just forget about the fact that it was a 22, 25, 30-year-old punk, you know, pedophile that got a 14-year-old to send him pictures of her boobs and then he put it on the internet for everyone to say, "Oh, look at her. She's such a slut." What what is wrong with this picture? You know, it's not the dude should be the one getting his wanker cut off. But instead, she's committing suicide because he won't leave her alone. What is wrong with this freaking country? Anyway. I personally blame uh, uh, growth, human growth hormone. It's in the milk. Really? No. Oh. Not really. Oh, it's not? <laughs> Why? I don't know. Why not? Why is it not in the milk? Yeah, why is it not in the milk? Probably because it has very nasty side effects. It no, could, I am. Um, I um, my 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 in laws are in town this weekend, and so the entire weekend for me has been wonderful rants about what's wrong with this country. I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. Oh, yeah. thank you, yeah. thank you, Mr. President. So, so yeah, that's that's yeah stuff like that. Um, it's been an interesting weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So yeah, yeah, it's been a very 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 interesting weekend. <laughs> um, God. Uh, the one thing I do love about my in-laws being in town, though, is they 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 do have a passion for the board games we introduce them to. Ah, uh, yes. They love playing Catan, Carcassonne, Ticket to Ride, Power Grid, and they're intelligent enough to get it and actually um, uh, kick our asses at it. Um, That's awesome. So uh, it, it, it's very very cool. So last night we were we were playing some stuff, and and I was pulling a few board games out, and my father-in-law Scott uh, is a huge chess fanatic. And I said, you know, well, God, it's been a very long time since I've played chess, but I enjoy playing chess, but I found other things, like from a two-player variant perspective. And I pulled out a couple games, and we played. Uh, the first is Ket. I picked this up at Gen Con two or three years ago. I think three years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's K-H-E-T. You guys can Google it or find it on BoardGameGeek. And basically, it's like chess with lasers. Oh, yes. Where yes. like half the pieces have mirrors on them, and you can you can rotate them as, or move them, and and the 
the whole point is to fire this laser from your end of the board and have it hit your opponent's king. You got that in the auction room last year. Was it last year? If I remember I, right, because you had it on your bed and Jaina was uh, off to the side. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay, it was last year. Yes, 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 yes. Um, you're right. Uh, so played Ket. He loved that. And then I picked up this little game called Chaos. I can't even find this game online anymore. It's just called Chaos. Um, and it was uh, created by uh, the game studio. I'm trying to remember their names right now. I'm struggling. They're the same group that invented Quirkle. Uh, uh, which is a pretty popular big box game. Yes. Uh, Quirkle won um, Spiel uh, two years ago, maybe three. Yes. Uh, so this is the same group, and and they they're devoted to do they do a lot of educational games, a lot of games for children too, and it's like the idea is they they do things that are supposed to exercise your brain. And I picked this game up at uh, at uh, a store called Marbles, which is uh, it's in the Mall of America, among other places. I, I picked it up when I was in the Twin Cities a couple years ago, um, and it's like a really simple but deceptively complex uh, two player abstract strategy game. Mindware. Mindware. That's the that's, that's the house. Yep. Thank you. Um, so, if you guys get a chance, chaos. Highly recommend it. I uh, highly recommend. It. I got delivered to me this uh, last week, and I haven't had a chance to play it. I just opened up uh, opened it up and played with all the fiddly bits. Uh, Viva Java, which is a you kind of move around the world and create coffee blends, and it looks to be. Interesting and fairly simple. Mm-hmm. And the core mechanic, believe it or not, is poker. <laughs> it is, um, I mean, aside from a variant of, you know, positioning your your uh, your piece around the board to get, you know, certain victory points and, and certain colors of beans, and then it all goes into a, um, a bag, the roaster, as they say, but you can't see the roaster, and then you pull beans... Uh, sequentially out of the roaster to create your blend, and that blend is five beans. And um, so at the core, uh, a, a, a blend that has two beans of the same color is a pair. Three of a kind beats that. A straight beats that. A straight being a rainbow blend of beans. You know, full house, three of one, two of another beats that. Four of a kind beats that. Five of a kind beats that. So, you know, it's basically poker. Huh. And... um but of course, the strategy element is, of course, positioning your pawn so you get the bean color that you want to give yourself the best opportunity to right. to pull the blend. And and so I can <clears throat> I can see how it can be fairly simple for someone who is uh, very advanced strategically to keep track of exactly what they have in their roaster so that they decide when to blend and they know exactly what they're going to pull out. Mm-hmm. Um. And I can also see, uh, you know, the uh, the novice just saying, "Hey, that guy's already got four, you know, three red beans. He's not going to get another one. You know, you cut him off." So it's, it, you know, it's um, it looks fun, but uh, I uh, I would like to get on the table sometime soon. Maybe after our party uh, next Saturday. I think that would be fun. Um, I'm totally down for that. Uh, gosh, uh, what else did I get on the table recently for the first time? Um, surprisingly, for the first time for me, fiasco. Ah, uh, yes. Was it a Skype fiasco or uh, in person? Oh, no. It was live. Dude, that's awesome. 
It was live and in person and large and in charge. And yeah, dude, what a great freaking game. Um, fantastic little indie role-playing game. And, you know, for a one-shot, which is kind of what it's supposed to be, it looks amazing. Fiasco is a fun game. It's a really a fun game. I um, I enjoyed playing it. We played it at Gen Con. Mm. It was really cool. Um, hey, you remember uh, right before I left? Uh, right before I left the company, we got to play D Day Dice. Oh yeah, God! I want to play that again. D Day Dice, another Kickstarter fun. That was ridiculously fun. Yep. Um, once you once you got how it worked, it's like, oh wow, okay, wow, this is this is very well designed. Um, oh. Very, very cool. Uh, got Feswick's in the chats. Like, just got Mouse Guard on the table last week. Woo-hoo. Uh Another great RPG. Um, there's so much I, I want to... I'm, I'm anxious to... There, there's stuff that's not out yet that I want to play from an RPG perspective. All this Kickstarter stuff I funded. Um, uh, interviewed Robin D. Laws recently regarding his now highly successful Kickstarter project uh, uh, for Hillfolk, um, which is, like, it's only got like 10 days left in the Kickstarter. Speaking of, when is that interview going to go up, Dave? <laughs> uh, we're doing our next show this week, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, cool. So we'll hit it in the sweet spot. Um, so Hill Folk, I'm really excited about. Numenera, Monty Cook's project, of course, but that's like probably nine to ten months away. Whereas Hill Folk will be like in the springtime. Um, Greg Stoltz's Better Angels. Really stoked about that concept. Um, I think I told you about that one, didn't I? Yes. Okay. Um, where you know you're you're possessed, and and the person next to you is running your possess your 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 the demon that's possessing you. Uh, that looks like a lot of fun. Very kooky. Very Greg Stoltzy itch up there with dinosaurs in space and uh, uh, executive decision. So a lot of his superb work. So. And we have another troller in the chat. Probably the same guy. Probably. Bye bye. Just thinking. Bye bye. I think you accidentally banned uh, Kevin. Uh, I don't know what happened. Bye bye. No, I didn't ban Kevin. I don't know what happened. The the message got deleted or something. The message deleted. Yes, Padme's lovers in the chat going, what is wrong with people? Again, I blame human growth hormone in the milk. (laughs) Just going out there with that. (laughs) Old school. (laughs) Old school killed Kevin. (laughs) Oh, he's back. Kevin's back testing very nicely. That's funny. Oh, man. Very, very cool. That's funny. All right, man. Uh, is that... Um, I don't know. You got anything else you want to talk about? I do, but unfortunately, it uh, it is... Uh, it falls under um, Gamer Nation um, not ready for air type stuff. Oh, yeah. All that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eyes on the Kickstarter, folks. Eyes on the Kickstarter. Just saying, out. we're going to have a Kickstarter kickoff really soon. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's good stuff. All right, Gamer Nation. We will see you next time around. Good night. And good luck.